What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast, where we recap our favorite reality TV shows and gossip about our favorite celebs. This week, it's just me. I am doing a solo review of two episodes of Beverly Hills. And so I'm doing episode two and episode three of season 12. So if you've only watched episode two, maybe just listen to the first half of this podcast. And then once you watch, you know, the latest episode, uh, come back and listen to the next half. And let me know what you think, because I really do want people's opinions about episode three. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I like the direction that this season is going in. And I kind of want to see if I'm alone in that or if that's what everyone else is thinking, too. So hit me up on Instagram at Guilty Pleasure Pod and let me know your thoughts. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast. I am Ginger Booker. You can find me on Instagram at Guilty Pleasure Pod. And let's get right into it. Lots going on in pop culture. Well, I guess if you're a Kravis stan like I am. So I am, I'm just like on a high from all the Kravis content recently. Uh, yesterday was the big bash in Italy. And yeah, if you've been, if you follow on Instagram, you've saw all of my story posts. I saved them in a highlight so you can review at your leisure. But wow, thank God for those Barker kids. They really kept us, you know, right there with them is how I felt. I know there's been some chatter online about um, them using like Catholic symbolism for fashion and how that felt kind of like blasphemous. (laughs) But I'm like, they're Christian. They're both Christian. Okay, they're not Catholic, but like, I don't know. I I did hear some reports that Travis is Catholic. I don't think that's true. I think they're both Christian from as far as I know. I mean, he does have like the Virgin Mary on his skull. (laughs) And then she had that big Virgin Mary on her veil matching his tattoo. And then, you know, on her bail, it also said loyalty, family, and respect, which is also, like, matching his uh, facial tattoos, his head tattoos. But I don't know. I think you can be Christian and still, like, pray to the Virgin Mary, can't you? I mean, still Jesus' mom. So I don't really think that's a big deal. And I think it's just, like, ties into their theme. I mean, they're in Italy. They're... Everything was sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana, so it was, like, very gaudy and very, I want to say dramatic, but that's not the word. You know how I felt? I felt like it was the opposite of Kim and Kanye style, which was so refreshing because <laughs> Kanye kind of turned Kim to this very, like, simplistic, minimal style. You know how their house is just, like, all white with, like, nothing on the walls and, like, very modern-looking And just, like, clean slate and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It was so fun to see the elements of this wedding and everybody's outfits to be almost the exact opposite of that. You know, with the red and the crosses and the goth theme and the little elements of Italian culture in there and 
Dolce and Gabbana. I was obsessed. I'm still obsessed. Like I'm still looking at the photos. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever get tired of them. Me personally, I've always wanted to get married like in a cathedral. That's like my vibe. So for her to go for that like (laughs) Virgin Mary look, I was like, oh my gosh, just another way that me and Courtney are alike. (laughs) The latest little post that came out was um, she's like, she like hopped on him. They're dancing to um, to one of his Blink-182 songs. Of course, she's like straddling him while they're dancing. And I was like, oh my gosh. She like, what a fucking dream come true for her. You know, like, you know, she listened to them when she was like, uh, probably in her 20s. You know, when, the, when those hits were like really popular and first came out. And now she's fucking marrying him. And, like, singing the songs at your wedding. Like, it's just like a modern-day fairy tale. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't get enough of that content. And I'm excited to discuss it further with Olivia when we do our Kardashian recap later this week. I will have to ask her her opinion on all of the the wedding attire and all that, you know? I was scared when we first saw that the very first look when she was wearing um, the short black dress with the black veil and like the blue Virgin Mary on it. That was just like her first day in Italy. And she did keep that same style of dress. So she had like some consistency with the dress. So her like dress that she wore you know, at the altar was the same style, but it was white. And then she had the huge, long, very detailed, gorgeous veil that made a a little more bridal. Um, So I was just so thankful that she kept it classic and at least with the white, you know, I was like, please don't do a black dress just because I I feel like for your wedding, it, it just has to be timeless. Although you want it to be like unique to your own style. It's like you look you you want to think like when I look back on these pictures in like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like am I still going to love it or am I going to regret what I wore? And so I think she, you know, made it her own at least with that the short dress, but you know, keeping it wide and then doing the the dramatic veil was really cool. And then he wore, you know, a, a traditional tux as well. So everyone looked so good. Um, I don't think they had anyone like standing up next to them, like um, bridesmaids or groomsmen or anything. And you know what? The guest, there were. It looked like there was just like a few dozen people there. Really, it was. It was pretty intimate. The whole floor was like red, but then their dishes were like Dolce and Gabbana, like that, like orange, blue, yellow with like lemons and oranges theme so I don't know I I love how it wasn't so matchy matchy and I like the eclecticness of it I'm I'm excited to see um what the bash in LA is gonna look like because we still have that to look forward to so you know they had their first kind of faux wedding in Vegas at the chapel and I know a lot of people are like how many weddings are they gonna have I say have a (laughs) hundred I'm not tired of it at all. 
Um, and the first one wasn't even like a wedding. It was just them going to the altar because they were drunk in Vegas and like having fun. You know, that wasn't their wedding. And then the second one was just the the quick ceremony and photos. And that was so that like his dad and her grandma, MJ, who they both can't travel, that was so that they felt like special and included, like, you know, in everything. So I thought that was sweet. And then this one, the third one is like the big Italian bash. The next one is supposed to be like a big party in Los Angeles so that they can like invite like more people and it's just supposed to be a big party. I don't think she'll do the whole like walking down the aisle or like anything like that. I I feel like it's going to be more of just a party, but we'll see. I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for the looks. So we had Kim, like Kim and North both looking super goth, super gorge, but very, very goth theme. Uh, Chloe kind of went for like a classic Dolce & Gabbana theme. She wore a gold crown, which I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't know, to wear like a crown to someone else's wedding, isn't that like kind of fucked up? (laughs) Like if anyone were to wear white or a crown or even like cream to my wedding, like don't you dare wear the exact opposite. I don't know, if I ever have a wedding, I think I'm going to have a dress code. Like I might be like, it's all black just to make sure that nobody wears white I think wearing white and red to a wedding is so rude. And, like, even if you're like, oh, well, it's white, but it also has, like, pink flowers or whatever. No, no, just don't do it. Like, it's just rude, I think. But I'm kind of a freak like that, I guess. So, anyways, I am going to save the rest of that chat for our Kardashians episode. And today I am recapping... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, episode two of this season, season 12. So last episode was Dorit's break-in. This episode, we start off, we see um, that door is boarded up and her and PK are in the living room kind of discussing what happened and he's letting us know that, you know, the cops came and they've been like fully supportive and they're looking into it. I don't think anything ever came of that. Um, Like, I don't think they found out who did it or or anything like that, which kind of just adds fuel to the fire of those rumors online. I don't know if you guys have seen, but the rumors are that this was an inside job because PK owes some casinos a lot of money or something of that sort. And so they're saying that, like, they did this on purpose to get the insurance money, like a total insurance scam. I don't believe that, but shit if they they don't find who did it like that is pretty crazy and you just never know you know people with that kind of money or people that put that much value on money they can be sketchy as hell so who's to say (laughs) and then also in the beginning of this episode we get this story from Dorit while she's in her confessional about so it's the b story (laughs) And if you watch the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say the B story. The story about her father, who she lets us know was in the Israeli army, and something about him, like, helping her get over her fear of bees by, like, telling her, don't, like, act wild around bees, just be still. And then he, like, catches the bee by his wings and, like, 
I don't know, it gets rid of it or something. I don't know. But it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Everyone was like, okay, if that story's like fake, like, I don't know, it's just, you know, Dorit can be kind of an odd one. And the way she told the story, she really dragged it the fuck out in her Dorit way. <laughs> So it's it's like she wanted it to seem very um, dramatic and special. Like she's making a point about how calm she was during the home invasion and that she learned that ever since her dad told her the story about the friggin' bees. But it's just like, okay, Dorit, come on. Like freaking drama queen. <laughs> but that's why we love her, right? And then in our next scene, we get uh, Kyle and Rena. Rena's in like this lime green mini skirt, and she looks so cute. I think they're at Republic, or at least they, that's what they showed a little shot of Republic um, on the episode. So they're about to have a little chat. You know what I have noticed in a lot that a lot of the housewives do when they're um, out to dinner or out to lunch, they're ordering food and drink. They always order, like, more than one drink. <laughs> and I don't mean, like, oh, they have a couple cocktails. I mean, like, like in this episode, Lisa Rinna orders a glass of champagne and a glass of iced tea. And so then Kyle's like, oh, okay, I'll have a glass of iced tea, too. And she already had ordered a glass of Chardonnay. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, I've never... <laughs> I've never gone to a restaurant and like got an alcoholic drink with like another soft drink. I don't know. I'm like, one, that's like a lot of sugar. I guess iced tea, you wouldn't have to get sugar in it. But some of them, I'll notice they'll get like a cocktail or wine or whatever. And then like a Diet Coke or I don't know, some other like carbonated and caffeinated drink. Whereas, like, I would just get, like, a glass of wine and, like, a glass of water because I want water. But I'm, like, why do they get – why do they always get two drinks? So now I'm thinking, do they get a caffeinated drink always because the wine or the cocktail might make them sleepy? So then they get the caffeinated drink to kind of balance it out, which, you know, that is smart. I might have to start doing that. However, how dehydrating. <laughs> You're already going to be dehydrated from like the alcoholic drink and then you add the caffeinated drink on top of that. Like you better be chugging the water. So I don't know. I'm going to see like if they continue to do that. So in this scene, um, Kyle and Rena are having lunch and Rena's like, Kyle, you are in the number one movie in America. And she's referring to Halloween Kills, that movie that Kyle was in. And I'm just like, what the fuck? The number one movie in America? Give me a fucking break. I'm like, they do show some like newspaper or headline or something that says it was like the number one movie. But I'm just like, what was it? The number one movie for like an hour? Like there's no way in hell. That wasn't even that big of a movie. I don't think, was it? Maybe back in October, you know, of course. But I don't get it. I don't think it was that big of a movie. I, I honestly only heard about it from like watching housewife stuff and like following housewives i didn't think anyone who didn't watch royal housewives of beverly hills like would see that movie because unless you like follow kyle but i guess you know it was like a remake of the one back in the day so if the one back in the day had a big following jamie lee curtis is in it and all that but i just didn't realize that and that was like 
seems a little like they're exaggerating that. <laughs> and then Kyle lets us know that she's going to be, they're going to, there's going to be a sequel and she's going to be in that one as well. Anyways, of course, Rena brings up again the Sutton drama the Elton dra- with the Elton John Gala. And we see Sutton and Crystal, you know, at a different restaurant. They're kind of speaking about it as well. They are at some type of bakery where they are trying out this pancake cake that is actually a crepe cake. And I don't know. I don't really know what the point of them being there is. They're not like trying cakes for any event. Maybe they're just trying to showcase this cute little bakery. But anyways, Crystal asks Sutton, so are you cool with Erica? And Sutton's like, yeah, we're super cool. I go over and braid her hair all the time and we have tons of fun together. She's like totally being sarcastic. And we get a flashback of Erica telling Lisa Renna that she's still pissed at Sutton for bringing up the LA Times article and making that her talking point, which is just like, dude, are you freaking serious? Like, who cares? Like, get over it, Erica. Like, you did some shady shit, and you're on a TV show. Like, someone's going to call you out on it. So, then we get uh, Kyle and Rena talking about, you know, they're at their lunch again, and they're talking about... Rena tells Kyle that she's still upset with Sutton, and she just keeps kind of going on and on and on about that, and her excuse for being upset is like, how dare she bring my husband into this, you know? That is just, if you want to say something about me, that's one thing. But to to drag Harry into it, that is just not okay. And so, you know, classic Rena. So not much new there. I mean, the, the gist of this episode really is when all of the ladies go to Harry Hamlin's birthday party, birthday dinner. You know, everyone's looking amazing. They're at the Andaz Hotel. Okay, when they first get there... Erica, like, makes some weird threesome comment, like, referring to her, Rena, and Harry. And I just looked at the look on Lisa's face, and she was just, like, kind of just, like, annoyed. Like, she wasn't, like, playing it off. Like, oh, yeah, Erica. She was, like, (laughs) And Harry probably felt so awkward. And it's just another way, like, fucking Erica, why is she, like... Ever, I don't remember her doing this when she first, like, came on the show. But it's almost like ever since she's, I, I guess it's because it's she's single now. Ever since she's, like, leaving Tom, she just always tries to be, like, overly sexual and crack these sex jokes. And they just don't land. And they're just not funny. And it's just gross. <laughs> and it's not because I'm a prude or anything. Like, you guys, seriously, like joking about having a threesome with Lisa Renna and Harry Hamlin on his 70th like birthday where there's already like rumors that the man's gay like Jesus Christ like not the time or place so anyways the main story from this birthday is of course that you know Sutton brings up her shit basically says like I have receipts to prove that I bought the tickets to the Elton John Gala. And Lisa Renna, you know, the big argument is Lisa Renna goes, well, I heard that you, yes, you may have bought the tickets, but then you forfeited them at the last moment. So then we weren't able to sit with you as was planned. 
But then we got invited by IMDb, and so we sat with them. And basically, it's this big fight, like, at the dinner table. And the thing of it, though, is that the new girl, Diana, she keeps piping in. And she's pretty much kind of telling them to, like, knock it off. She's like, this just isn't the time or place. Like... We shouldn't be discussing money at the dinner table. Like, she's basically trying to say, like, this is tacky. You guys quit it. And it's kind of like, dude, Diana, like, this is the show. Like, this is the first, like, time we're seeing you. And, like, do you not get it? Do you not realize the show you're on? Like, we're living for this. Like, the scene's getting good and you're, like, crushing it. Not, like, crushing it in a good way. Like, you're killing it. You're, like, literally killing the vibe. (laughs) So, already not a good start for Deanna there. Or Diana, whatever her name is. Sutton doesn't really say much to what Lisa has to say back. And I don't know if it's because she just doesn't feel like keeping up the argument. But it's just so odd. Like, what is the answer? I don't know. It's still a freaking mystery. Like, was Rinna sat with Sutton? Or, like, did Sutton really buy Rinna's ticket and Rinna didn't thank her for it? It's just, like, I don't know. It's so odd. Somehow, fucking Erica Jane makes her way into this argument and I think she's just like on the side like kind of making snickering comments and Sutton tells her to shut up (laughs) and Erica's like you shut the fuck up and they're kind of going back and forth well at some point in all of this Garcelle gets up to leave because she's like Garcelle's like this is just so stupid like we're not getting anywhere like this is so like dramatic like I'm leaving. I don't need to, like, be here to, like, deal with this. Because it, it really is seeming like, even with the, like, um, the Sutton and Rena argument, it, it really was just seeming like a high school cat fight over the dinner table. And there was not going to be a resolution. And I can imagine it being awkward. And you're, like, sitting there, you know, there to basically support Rena for her husband's birthday and shoot the scene of the show. But it's just, like so much cattiness and of course we want the cattiness on the show but I don't know I don't know if like Garcelle that was her way of like having Sutton's back being like this is ridiculous like I'm getting up and leaving because you guys are full of shit so then Sutton gets up too and I was like yeah I'm gonna leave too but then you know Lisa Rinna is like no Garcelle I don't want you to leave and you know of course Kyle jumps in there uh, she's always trying to play mediator And so Garcelle eventually sits back down, but Garcelle tells Erica, like, you need to stop. Like, you're having too much fun with this, basically, because, you know, Erica forced herself into the combo. And um, after Erica told Sutton, when do I get an apology? Because I think Sutton apologized to Rinna, just said, like, well, let me just apologize just for for bringing it up and watch what happens live and, like, kind of stirring the pot. And Rena goes, yeah, okay, thank you for that apology. And Lisa's, uh, I'm not Lisa, uh, Erica's like, and where's my apology? Like, what a fucking bitch, right? Like, if anything, you owe her an apology, Erica. Like, Erica is just classic, like, psycho narcissist. And so Sutton's like, you're not getting one. (laughs) And she's like, why not? And she's like, because I don't like you. And so it's just like tit for tat. They're going back and forth a little bit. And I think that's actually the point where Garcelle gets upset. So anyways, when she sits back down, Garcelle's like, and Erica, you need to stop it. Kind of like in a laughing way, but 
but you know, making a point to kind of say something about it. And I don't know, Erica seemed kind of drunk. <laughs> she seemed drunk when she arrived. So, and then, you know, we did get that preview of later what's to come in the season. And we hear Renee going, you can take your antidepressants or you can drink, but you can't do both. So I think we all know that she was referring to Erica. So Erica probably is drunk as shit, like in all of these episodes. So it's going to be a wild ride <laughs> for her this season. Oh, yeah. And during this Rinna Sutton argument at the birthday party, Diana jumps in and says, well, I sponsor. So she's basically one of like the main sponsors of the Elton John AIDS Foundation Gala. And so she like knows you know, who's buying what and who's sitting where. And she like totally helps put the show on. But so at that moment, when she announces that, you know, everyone kind of gets this look on their face like, oh, shit. And, you know, us, the audience, we're also thinking, oh, shit. Like, is she about to drop a bomb here and like make Sutton out to look like a liar? Because she's saying that kind of being on on Rena's side. But then she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> So it was just so weird, and I don't know if that's going to maybe play out later in the season. Um, but it's like, god damn, if that is Rana's storyline this season and she drags the shit on, how boring, right? Anyway, we get a scene of Diana in her home. She's with her one-year-old baby. We learn that she is a mother of three, um, the father of her first two children, and her, um, they're older, they're like, uh, mid 20s um actually her daughter's 19 daughter the son's 22 um she's divorced from their father and then she has this like young boyfriend and that's who she has the one-year-old daughter with she tells us that she was a refugee and so she had a rough childhood and she ended up marrying rich and you know i'm pretty sure she built her own businesses and yada 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 this and that uh so She's really like a true success story, and it'll be interesting to see how she fits in with these ladies, um, because it seems like she she definitely fits the lifestyle. So that was our little background on Deanna, Diana there. So we'll see how she is throughout the season. So we then get a scene with Kyle and Sutton, and Kyle's kind of confronting Sutton about the way that she reacted to Dorit's break-in. And even still, Sutton's just like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come off that way, but some people don't take that stuff well. Like, some people don't take home invasions well and break-ins well. No shit, Sutton. Like, what the fuck? It was just such an odd response still. Like, I don't know. It's so weird. Or Sutton trying to be like, you know, I'm such an empathetic person that, you know, I'm just really taking it all in. It's like, no, like, you're actually doing the opposite of that. <laughs> Sutton even goes, what was I supposed to do, Kyle? And Kyle's like, um, it's weird that you're doubling down on this. It's actually, like, freaking me out. So, that is fucking weird. <laughs> I don't, I don't really get it, but we'll see how this all plays out. And in my opinion, there wasn't really much in this episode. So, we will see. Um, I'm going to review episode three as well. And we'll see the drama there. A little bit of Housewives news for New Jersey. Frank Catania did an interview this week where he did confirm that Jackie Goldschneider is being demoted 
to a friend of this upcoming season. So that's totally a bummer. But you know what he said a lot throughout that interview is that everything's still up in the air. Everything's up in the air. And he didn't say that specifically to this Jackie thing, but it just kind of made me feel like, you know, the producers might make a decision and then during filming, you know, maybe you do such a good job or you do such a poor job and then they make, you know, they change that decision at the end of it and at the end of editing and all that. So who knows? Maybe if they hear all of our feedback about how much like we all want Jackie to stay, you know, maybe she'll be there more. And if she like really kicks ass during filming or something. So we'll see, uh, you know, cause that's what we could kind of say. That's what they did with um, Tracy Tiki Barber's wife. You know, she was there <laughs> sitting there during their reunion. And then, you know, decision changed. They decided to cut her out of it and pretend like she was never there. So I think, you know, stuff changes with them all the time. Okay, anyways, back to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We are on episode three now of season 12. And this episode starts at Crystal's house. Uh, The girls come over and they discuss Kyle's store in La Quinta. She's opening up a boutique which she had a couple boutiques, um, you know, they're just clothing stores. But then the pandemic happened and she had to shut them down. And so her and her partner, um, Shahida, wanted to just open one more store just so that they can have like one brick and mortar instead of all online, I guess. And so they decided to open it in La Quinta since the real estate there is less expensive versus Beverly Hills or maybe some of the other places she had the store at. So uh, we hear Dorit explaining that um, she's having panic attacks, you know, dealing with just the trauma of the break-in, the home invasion. And, you know, when all of that is going on, when you have such a traumatic event go on, for a while afterwards, like you're just running on adrenaline And then when it all settles, then you really have to deal with the shit that happened. And that's like probably the hardest part is like in those quiet moments when no one's there and, you know, everyone has been checking on you, but, you know, that's kind of calmed down. And, you know, so I feel for Dorit, like it's going to be a long process. She even said that, you know, she'll take a Xanax, but it, it doesn't help. So that is just so hard. Uh, Sutton is not there at Crystal's house and they mentioned that she's starting a cashmere line and so that might be where she is at. And so since Sutton is not there, Kyle decides to address the ladies and let them know that Sutton made some comments to Kyle regarding Dorit's situation, you know, the ones that we just talked about in the previous episode you know, some insensitive comments saying, I'm sorry, I didn't have a gun to my head. So Kyle tells everyone, you know, this is what Sutton said. And it was just like, so strange, made me uncomfortable. And Garcelle stands up for Sutton and says, you know, I think if we're going to talk about her, like, we should at least do it when she's here so that she has a chance to like, say something. And once again, Garcelle is such a fucking real one. (laughs) So 
they kind of ended on that where Garcelle's just like and eh, kind of shutting it down and saying, you know what, let's wait till she's around. So if you guys want to talk about her, like basically say it to her face so she has a chance to like speak her piece on it. So then we get Kyle at her home and she's packing for La Quinta. She's taking a lot of shit. <laughs> she also takes two of her big dogs. And we see her driving in her car over there. She's driving by herself. I, it sounds like maybe Dorit was supposed to drive with her, but then Dorit had like a rough night, um, just having panic attacks and stuff, not being able to sleep and all that poor thing. So um, she just told Kyle, you know, you go ahead and I'll meet there later. So Kyle's talking to Mauricio on the phone. And then <laughs> Kyle's also talking to Shahid on the phone. You know, they're discussing the store. But then Kyle asks Siri, like, where's the nearest jack-in-the-box? And I was like, what the fuck? Kyle eats jack-in-the-box? Like, or you know what? Maybe she just had to go pee. (laughs) Everyone pees at a jack-in-the-box, right? When they're on a road trip. So in the next scene, they're at Garcelle's house. Um, And this is just a really quick scene. It's just showing, you know, Garcelle getting ready for the trip as well. And she gets these big amethyst cathedral angel wings delivered and they're huge and it's really pretty it's like just a piece of like cool art for her home and she says you know after everything that's going on with Dorit like give me all the crystals give me all the good energy like I need more of that in my home so I'm sure you know everyone's kind of feeling it everyone's feeling like a little nervous a little on edge after something like that happens so then we get Erica and Mikey Oh, good old Mikey, right? <laughs> and, of course, Mikey's picking out Erica's clothes. So I'm like, what the fuck? How is she still paying him? Would he still be hanging out if she wasn't paying him? He probably would, right? Because he'd, like, want to be filming. He'd want to be on the show. So he's probably like, okay, I'll pick out your clothes as long as I can always come over when you're filming. So you have to let me know your filming schedule. Maybe they have some agreement like that. And Erica tells us, you know, it seems like she's having a tough time picking out what outfits to wear on this trip. And her and Mikey are kind of like having a rough time with that. And she says, you know, usually I just resell my clothes and then I'll buy new ones. But because of the bankruptcy going on, I can't sell my clothes right now. So, I mean, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. I'm having to repeat outfits. I'm like, oh, Erica. Yep, you and all your fucking legal issues. (laughs) So then we get Rinna and Erica. They are making roadies. (laughs) So they're getting ready to everyone's, you know, going to be traveling together. Um, They do end up splitting up into two cars, but they're traveling together to La Quinta. Um, Diana and Crystal are in one car and then Rina, Erica and Garcelle are in another car. And that seems like the fun car. It looks like they stop at McDonald's or like eating hamburgers and fries. They have their like alcoholic drinks in the car. They're like asking the guy, like, can you pull over? I have to pee. I'm like, Oh, I know they're drunk. That's why I don't like to drink on a road trip because I will have to pee every two seconds. And how fucking annoying is that? In Diana and Crystal's car, um, Crystal, they pass um, the outlets 
and Crystal's asking Diana, like, oh, do you shop? Do you go there? Do you ever shop at those outlets, like, while you're on your way to Palm Springs? Which I feel like every person that lives in Southern California does that. (laughs) Very, very common. And Diana doesn't know what the outlets are. She's literally like, what's that? And Crystal's like, oh, you, like, probably don't have to, like, (laughs) shop at outlets. And Diana is literally... In her confessional, she's like, I don't go out shopping. I have clothes sent to my house by designers. And whatever I like, I pay for. And whatever I don't like, I send it back. I'm like, oh, my gosh. She is on another level, like, from these ladies, you know? So, (laughs) Crystal back in the car is like, oh, I don't buy anything until it's on sale. She's like, I'll wait till it's like three seasons old to buy it. Like, I don't, I don't buy it at like the retail price. Like, I, I have to wait. I was like, oh, Crystal, so relatable. Like, what a frugal queen. Then we get Diana, Crystal, and Sutton at a hotel. So they are the only three that are staying in a hotel. The rest of the ladies are staying in Kyle's looking to home. So is that the home that Kyle stole from Kim? <laughs> back in season what was it season one or two oh those seasons were so dang good so we see them going to their rooms and diana's hairstylist and her makeup artist are already in diana's room set up ready for her to arrive so they can start doing her glam i guess and diana tells us that every time she travels She has her people arrive first. So that they can get the room ready for her. And it looked to me like she was referring to her makeup artist and her hairstylist. Like they have to go first and get the room ready for her. I understand if they arrive first and they are setting up their makeup and their hair stuff so that that can all be set out and they're ready to go and she can just sit down and start glamming. But they're, like, rearranging the hotel room. And one of them's like, yeah, she doesn't ever want her back to be to the door, like, for safety reasons. So, like, they have to, like, move the bed a certain way so that she can always see the door. And, like, they're, like, literally rearranging furniture in the hotel room to, like, make it to her liking. And this is, like, supposedly something that they do every single time. I was just like, what the hell? That is so fucking bougie. (laughs) And Diana's just like, yeah, you know, just like to be cozy. (laughs) We see a quick clip of um, Dori, you know, just saying she hasn't been feeling her best and saying that she's been feeling uninspired, referring to like while she's getting dressed. And so Garcelle's like, yeah, you know, if Dorit's feeling uninspired while she's getting dressed, and I think the audience, we agree too, like, that's how we know that, like, she's clearly not feeling, like, 100%, you know, like, herself, because Dorit is, like, a little Barbie playing dress up all day long, and if she's, like, not into, like, doing her hair and and putting on a fun, funky outfit, then it's kind of sad. So we then see Crystal and Sutton. And they're hanging out before heading to Kyle's store opening. And Crystal tells Sutton, hey, Kyle brought you up the other night and she was upset because you said something that was insensitive about Dorit's break-in, you know, the gun to the head comments again. 
And Sutton goes, hey, I had an intruder break into my home when I was 14. It was extremely scary and it's traumatizing. And I go back to that place if anything like that is brought up. And then she tells us, and especially if guns are brought up, she cannot talk about it. She like just wants to seem, it seems like she just disassociates. And she says, I can't talk about guns because my father put a pistol in his mouth and pulled the trigger. I was like, oh my God. And that is so fucking sad. Don't get me wrong. You know, I feel for Sen. I didn't know that about her. And wow, that's so, so traumatizing to live with. However, I don't think that it excuses you from like making those super insensitive comments when like your friend is in a scary situation and it's your friend. <laughs> if anything, you think that that makes it makes you more empathetic when you can relate to someone because you've also been through that. But you know, she's of that generation that like they don't really process their shit. So maybe she still hasn't processed her shit and so that's why she's like disassociating so quickly and just it's like word vomit comes out and it comes out the totally wrong way and it comes off rude and ugh. I don't know, it's just so odd. We then go over to Kyle's store and we see Shahida there. She's like working hard, preparing for the grand opening. She's there before Kyle is. And, you know, the store is called like Kyle. So in big letters, it's Kyle. And then right under it's Kyle plus Shahida. And I'm just like, what? I don't remember like her other stores prior to COVID, but it's just an it's just odd to me like why even have she this name on there if Kyle's is on there twice I don't get it Kyle finally arrives she's like a freaking stress ball she's like these are the wrong pillows why are these flowers out la, da, da, da. oh my gosh I'm freaking out right now la, da, da. oh of course Teddy's there she's helping because you know her and Kyle are BFFs <laughs> and you know what I thought that Kyle's makeup looked really good. I really liked her makeup. She had like some almost like a brown smoky eye going on. But what the fuck was her outfit? I'm assuming she was just dressed in like head to toe like stuff from her boutique. But she was just wearing like a typical Kyle outfit that it looks like she she wears when she's like kicking back like in the backyard with her kids. Like it was kind of casual. And I don't know. I just felt like the other girls were like dressed up more than she was. And it was her own stores like grand opening. So I don't know what was up with that. So the ladies start arriving to this grand opening. And <laughs> you guys, Diana is being so fucking awkward. She's like, I've never been to a store opening. Um, I'm allergic to to shopping at stores. Um, I, I don't know what to do at a store opening. We see a little shot of her just like asking for a glass of champagne. She's like, okay, like, Diana, last episode, we literally just learned that you came from, like, severe poverty, so quit acting like you're better than, like, going shopping at a store. So we then get, at the store, Sutton apologizing to Dorit, and, you know, Sutton probably felt like she had to go apologize because of what Crystal just let her know that, you know, hey... Dorit knows that you said this and it came off the wrong way and Kyle's kind of making it a thing. Sutton goes, (laughs) but this is how she starts the apology. She goes, you know, I'm a sincere person. I get very upset about guns and stuff and I was triggered from my childhood and when I get triggered, I say weird things and I didn't mean it like that. 
So, again, it's not the best apology, (laughs) but at least she did kind of make a point to, like, clear the air. And in a confessional, she goes, you know, I can hear it in my brain. I can hear those men in our house when we had people break into our home when I was a child. So I just feel like, you know, Dorit is just going through it and, like, she doesn't really, this isn't the time for me to be, like, coddling her or all over her like she needs to deal with it on her own because she later ends up saying like I didn't I didn't want people like around me when that happened I just wanted to kind of be by myself a couple of the other girls at the store opening or you know I'm just hanging out mingling and (laughs) Erica's like showing um the girls this black Cartier ring that she wants it's it's not hers I don't know if, if it's Kyle selling it I don't know what the fuck Kyle sells at her store like is it actually a vintage designer? So was this one of – it probably was one of Kyle's rings that she was selling. It's like a black the Cartier ring. I think it's like the – that like lion tiger head ring, those Cartier rings that they all have in gold. But this one's all black. And so Erica's like, one of you has to get this ring. I want it so bad. And they're like, you get it. And she's like, I can't afford it. But So I want you guys to get it. <laughs> like yeah because who knows what sketchy ass erica is gonna do like she's gonna fucking steal it then the the ladies head back to kyle's la quinta home this was funny diana and kyle are talking about when is diana's birthday and she says it's august 23rd and kyle goes oh you're a virgo and diana's like no i'm a leo and kyle's like no you're a virgo And Diana's like, well, I've had several um, astrologers tell me that I'm a Leo, so. And Kyle's like, huh, because my niece, that's her birthday, and she's a Virgo. So that was kind of odd, but I did look it up, because I'm a Virgo. (laughs) And I don't know, I guess that's, like, the cusp, and some people, like, when I put it into Google, like, half the site said Virgo, half said Leo, so I don't fucking know. Don't care either. My birthday's in September. I'm a Virgo for sure. So Kyle has uh, caterers brought to the home. They're all eating these lovely meals. Bambi, which is one of Kyle's dogs, eats a piece of steak right off of Rena's plate. <laughs> and you know what? That was kind of cool of Rena. She didn't make a big deal about it. She totally just laughed it off. I, couldn't you see like some of the other women, especially from the other franchises, like making that a huge deal that the dog took a piece of meat straight from their plate? Like, that's low-key kind of rude. I'm a dog person, so I wouldn't care. But, you know, I could see some of these, like, bougie-ass bitches getting really upset about that. So, we have Rena kind of talking about, like, oh, um, we get a flashback to Andy's baby shower. I think because Diana was talking about her one-year-old baby, and Kyle's like, you're so lucky you have a baby. Like, I have to wait for my kids to have babies. And then the baby shower comes up, and... Rena's like, oh, I'm fun at I'm fun at parties. I'm fun at baby showers. So we get that little video um, that we've probably all seen on social media now. Like Rena drunk as shit, and she's dancing on top of a table at Andy Cohen's baby shower. <laughs> so that was cute that they threw that in there. So Garcelle brings something up and says, hey, so let's clear the air here. Um, While Sutton's actually here, why don't you guys start talking about what you are talking about the other night when she wasn't here? And so, again, you know, Garcelle's, like, she's she's very loyal. 
She wants her girl Sutton to like have have her say. And Sutton again says, you know, I was sincere as I can be. And my father shot himself. And when all that stuff was happening with me, I didn't want people coming over and consoling me. I also had a nine-month baby at that time. I didn't need a bunch of pu- a bunch of people in my house. Trying like even though they were there to be there for me, like I just didn't need it. And she says, and I just kind of feel that way about Dorit. Like she's like, I feel like if a bunch of people are over, Dorit's gonna feel like she needs to tend to them, and that's really not what she needs. So I don't know. It's just kind of like Sutton. Who are you to say that that's not what Sutton needs? And I don't know. It's really just no excuse. It's it's very odd. You know, again, now that I'm thinking about it, I just I I just think that again, she's just from that generation where like they don't fully process things the way that you know, kind of more our generation does now. So it's just so much easier for her to just disassociate. And so, but that leads to a lack of empathy. <laughs> and that's why we have like these you know problems in this world and for Sutton to say oh she's so empathetic like she's not Diana pops in at this time and says you know I don't really know Sutton that well and she's saying this as Sutton sitting right there (laughs) and she's like but Sutton is clumsy with her words and her behavior and then it's a shot of drunk Erica going yep and nodding (laughs) and then it goes you know you come off really weird and wrong and it was like, I don't know, there's just been a couple of times where, like, Diana inserts herself to where it's, like, to me, in my opinion, it's, like, not her place. <laughs> and Sutton goes, I was empathetic and I apologized. And Kyle says, no, you weren't empathetic, though. And then Crystal pipes in and she goes, oh, a lot of hypocrisy going on over there. And this is where it gets a little strange because the whole thing becomes about Crystal. (laughs) And Crystal brings up her feelings from last season. Remember when Sutton walked in on Crystal while she was like naked in her room? Sutton was like bringing her her coat. And then Crystal made it this big thing, said that she felt very violated and it was this big thing about her using the word violated because they're saying that she kind of made it too big of a deal. Now she is feeling triggered by everyone going against Sutton because everyone went against her last year. Honestly, I just watched the episode, so I don't know. I'll have to think about this a little bit more, but from it being so fresh in my brain, I just don't really understand where Crystal's coming from. I'm, I'm almost... It seems, too, like she has some, like, shit beneath the surface that she needs to deal with. Um, Because this just seemed, like, kind of from left field. And it's like, dude, this isn't even about you. This is about Sutton. And it's not even really about Sutton. This is about Dorit. Like, this is Dorit's fucking moment where, like, everyone just needs to be there for her. And you know what? Rena actually said that. I think she said it in a confessional. um, Or I don't know if she said it, like, you know, in person with the ladies. But it was kind of like, okay, you know, Rena, I'll give you that. She's, she's like totally right in this moment where she's like, okay, we're supposed to be here just like wrapping our arms around Dorit right now. Why are we arguing? Like, and you know what? It, it to me, it just screamed. Everyone wants to steal the fucking spotlight to like keep their place on the show. 
I don't know. I'm always trying to think about it through that lens. So Crystal says that she feels triggered by everyone going against Sutton right now because everyone went against her last year and it's bringing up all of these emotions for her and she feels like no one had her back last year. And, you know, Kyle and Dari are both shocked. They have these, like, what-the-fuck looks on their faces. And in a confessional, Kyle goes, Crystal is, like, always mad or upset or offended by something. Is she, like, a millennial or Generation XYZ? I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Crystal looks like she's, like, wiping away tears. And then fucking Erica, always having to pop in, asks Sutton if she feels bad for her, how she treated her last year. And Sutton in a confessional goes, Erica's acting like she's been completely exonerated and everyone's just going along with it. And I 100% agree with that statement, Sutton. I don't like how Sutton's been acting <laughs> this season regarding the Dorit stuff, but you know what? I like a girl who calls Erica out. And I'm starting to like Kyle less and less because she does not call Erica out and it's just weird. Now we have Crystal. She's pretty much crying. She's like literally in the corner crying. She has like tissues up to her. And she's like, I'm not allowed to feel violated. You guys said it was too strong of a word. And Kyle goes, Crystal, you're like comparing apples to oranges. Like these two things are not the same. Like, what are you doing? And Crystal goes, my feelings don't matter to them. And she's kind of saying this to Garcelle because Garcelle's saying, yeah, you can tell them how you feel. I think she's just trying to, like, kind of keep the peace. And that's where we have that one shot of Dorit that they keep replaying over and over for, like, a preview. She's yelling, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> and Garcelle's like, she's just expressing how she feels. And Crystal's like, this is not a safe space for me. I'm leaving. And then we get Dorit in her confessional going, this is not a safe space for me. That was a poor choice of words, considering everything I've been through right now. And you know what? I can't blame Dorit. Like, if I was Dorit, I, I might pop off too, because you already have, like, so much shit inside you that, that you're dealing with. Like, real life shit. And then here is Crystal, like, bringing up some old shit. And this is what I don't like. You know, I don't know. It's like, I hate to not be um sympathetic you know and sound like a set in here <laughs> but what the fuck crystal like why are you bringing this shit up from last season which like I don't know it's just so annoying like I don't know I'm like is this how the season is gonna be like they're just gonna keep bringing up shit that happened last year that like we're kind of over and it's just not good <laughs> it's just like not gonna be good drama it's not gonna be good tv so crystal's like this is not safe space for me i'm leaving uh crystal's crying kyle and dorit again looking shocked as hell but then dorit goes you know i had no way that i had no idea that you held all of this inside and that you were feeling this way because they're all like okay like she must be going through some shit or like this must have really troubled her back then and you know she kind of bottled it all up and Kyle's like, your feelings are not not validated. Because <laughs> Crystal keeps saying, like, they are trying to invalidate how I feel. 
So Crystal actually does leave. Diana kind of goes, um, you know what? If she's leaving, I'm going to leave too. I- I'm going to be her bodyguard and I'm leaving, which clearly Diana's just like fucking over the night. She's like, God, they made me go to a store to shop. And now they're making me sit through this stupid fucking drama. <laughs> and so she totally took that as her chance to get out of there. Crystal's crying in the car ride home with, with Diana. And Sutton ends up going with them too. And Crystal's trying to kind of just explain how she feels. She's really upset. And it was so funny. Sutton goes, and you know what? I didn't see you naked either. <laughs> like, just to clarify, like... Here we are a fucking year later still arguing over whether Sutton saw Crystal naked or not. It's like, who fucking cares? Oh, my God. Maybe I sound insensitive saying that, but geez Louise, I grew up with two sisters. Like, I don't know. My mom, she never made us feel (laughs) like uncomfortable, (laughs) like changing in front of each other. Like, even with like my group of friends that I had, like none of us were ever like, weird about that or just uncomfortable and so I don't know I I don't really get it (laughs) um and so Diana piping in saying well you know a gang full of people telling you that's not how you should feel you know you shouldn't feel like that around your friends we go back to the La Quinta home where we see Rena, Erica Kyle and Garcelle are still together and they're still kind of hanging out. They're doing a little debrief. And Erica goes, you know, let's not judge her. Her feelings are her feelings. And if that's how she feels, you know, they're talking about Crystal. Let's not judge her. And Kyle literally jumps on her and hugs her and is like, oh, Erica, you're being the voice of reason. Wow. Oh, like trying to make it a cute moment. And I was just like, ill. Like, stop giving Erica so much fucking credit. <laughs> like, that's seriously so gross to me. And I don't know. It was just so fucking weird. Because how did this all turn around to be like spotlight on Crystal when it started out being about the insensitive comments Sutton made toward Dorit's experience? And really, everyone should just be like rallying around Dorit right now. So I don't fucking know. Maybe this will be Crystal's last season and maybe she knows it and maybe she's trying to like, I don't know, have like extra time on camera crying or some shit, but it ain't going to work, girl, if you're just going to drag out your storylines from last season. I'm not feeling that. So I would really like to know how everyone else that watches this episode feels. I hope I'm not being just a total biatch about it, but I don't know. I I didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't like it. That was our show. That was uh, Beverly Hills episode three for this season. So we will be back next week. And I will actually be, about, be back mañana for uh, Kardashian's review. Thanks for listening to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you are listening. The reviews really do help you guys, so I really appreciate it. If you could leave me some feedback over there. Hit me up on Instagram at GuiltyPleasurePod so you can get the latest updates on what we're reviewing. And then I always post like hot celeb news, whatever I find out there on the internet that I would love to gossip about with you guys. So hit me up. I'll be back soon with a Kardashians recap uh, later on this week. 
Hope everyone's having a fabulous week so far and TTYL. Thank you.